everybody welcome to the 199th edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got my man sage chilling here in beaverton oregon and yo 199 is crazy man that 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 is 199 weeks of us saying you know what chilling out and drinking a beer is cool and all but we have to report record this podcast for the people that's fucking that's fucking crazy that we've gotten up to that point and i feel like we i i could go 300 more you know it's i mean this accomplishment is fantastic but in in a sense it's kind of light work to me we we're built for this podcasting game we are i mean we're going on five years so like podcasting it's it's trendy it's Maybe some people say it's a little cliche now what everyone's got their own podcast, but like we've been doing this quite a while back when the team was supposed to not be good, when they surprised everyone, and then maybe when they uh, had some rough patches. So we're Blazer fans. We've been through it. And over these past five years, we've experienced the highs of the highs and the lows of the lows. And now we are in the most uh, uncharted territory that we have ever been in as fans uh, of this, this team fans of the sport uh, Sage. So as they say in show business, the show must go on. So whether you agree or not, I understand both sides of that argument as of right now. And we're recording Sunday night, July 5th, 2020. We are 25 days away from the start I guess the continuation of the 1920 season, it's just been so long. It's going to be about four or five months until between when Rudy Gobert announced that he was diagnosed with the coronavirus to the startup resumption. Uh, I mean, the season that there's just really hard to put into words what's really going on right now. We should be talking about free agency, summer league. We should be seeing the rookies. Yeah, we should be talking about the draft. Is Right now, we should recap what happened in the draft. I mean, the draft would have been a week ago podcast. We free agency now. Like this, this, this offseason moves quick. I remember this one last year. I was probably putting on a cup of co- a pot of coffee because Kawhi shocked everybody. He went to the Clippers, and then Paul George was like, "Hey, I'm out too." And that mega trade took place, and that free agent bonanza was just wild. That was just a year ago. I mean, it feels like forever. I, I know we don't have video going on, but if I mean, I look like I've aged, and I've you know grown the the Wolverine beard and got the hair growing crazy. Um, it looks like I've aged backwards about eight years by shaving all of my stuff. <laughs> so it's, it's weird times, but oh, yeah. a lot has changed in terms of the season information that we now have, which we didn't have at the time of the last recording. Uh, we'll go into that. We'll go into the impact of Trevor Reese's absence uh, the pre, the quote unquote preseason three scrimmage warm up games, as well as Portland's eight game season. How do we like their chances? What is it going to be? And then obviously we'll go into our favorite Dame Dalla. Yes, getting that getting that two K cover. I, I think we need we need to bring back Sage's two K corner. I need to give some of my thoughts because I've been playing. I've been on my two K grind the past three weeks, Sage. 
a 2K19 grind. So I'll pull up how many hours I've dedicated to 2K20 right now because it's an embarrassing amount. So according, oh goodness, according to 2K, I've played 1,127 hours of 2K20, a game that I don't particularly think is great. What was that number? 1,127 hours in a game where I'm like, this is good. (laughs) You have played, let's round up, 47 days. Yeah, in a game I don't (laughs) find particularly great. You've played the equivalent of almost 13% of a year. Jealous? (laughs) When I say I play the game, I play the game. And... Let's actually get this out of the, this is the best content for let's let's lead off with this because I, I got some hot takes on 2k and you're not even at the top level that you can get. There's oh, still no, ways. no, I'm like 70% of the way to elite one in 2k my park, bro. I'm not even, I don't want to expose people on my friends list. So there's a person who lives in poor, lives in Beaverton, Oregon, actually, that's played this game 3,608 hours. So probably three times as much as you. I'm so much better. It's not even it's not even funny. But he has played the game three times as much as me. Like he's number one on my friends list. There's someone with 2,700 hours committed to this game. That again, if you listen to YouTube, if you listen to 2K streamers, not the best game. I think it's better than a lot of people claim, but it's not the best game. And look how many hours we've dedicated to this to this game. You know. I have been picking it up lately. One, because I'm staying inside. I'm staying quarantined as much as I can. Only going out to get the essentials or for a walk. Mm -hmm. So I have to find ways to stay entertained. Mm -hmm. Clearly, there's no professional live sports at the moment uh, that that I'm interested in watching. Um, You know, I've done the Netflix. I've done the Hulu. There's still some shows there. But, like, you got to kind of stay on top. Read books. 2K has just kind of been my jam these last mm-hmm. three weeks. Your jam, and jam. I've I've done a lot of I play a, a, offline, hundred mm-hmm. percent offline. I love doing the my league. I love bringing teams together. My biggest one was I did I threw out every team in the NBA and replaced them with their all time classic team. So with the Blazers, I had Walton, Lillard, Roy, Drexler. It was awesome. Played two full seasons of that. Not over the past three weeks, but just kind of what, what I've done since 2K19 mm. has came out. And then, you know, I did another fantasy draft with... And you're still on 19. Yes, yeah, still on 19. You know, I did another fantasy draft in the My League. Got a bunch of non-Blazers that I grew up enjoying. And I've been, you know, kind of, you know, messing around with that. But then I went and I was like, oh, man, I haven't played with the My Player mm. since February of 19. Oh, I've, I've got a bunch of VC, virtual currency, mm-hmm. built up from all of these you know, just regular season and playoff games that I've been just, you know, playing in my, my career. And my point is how much of a scam 2K is. I was <laughs> Did you six- get to 85 yet? <laughs> no, 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 exactly. I was a 67. I had 100,000 VC from basically playing two years worth of the game. Mm-hmm. And it brought me up to an 80. Mm-hmm. Sage, it's such a, and I've been playing quite a bit this past weekend, and now I'm up to like you know, 82. Yeah. It is such a scam unless you buy the currency. You, you buy the currency, and I mean, like with the two K, I, I pay my, I pay 
well, I don't pay 60 bucks. I buy it usually on Black Friday, get it for half. Mm. So I pay my 30 bucks. I just want to play the game. But they make it so you have to buy extra. Like, oh, it's yeah, an addiction yeah. in a sense. I, like, because <laughs> it's fun. Like, I want my player to get really good. You want and, him to be a bad boy. You want him to be a dude. And exactly. like, like in 2K15, I did it without without paying a cent in 2K. I played the game that much. In uh, 2K, the rest of the 2Ks, I was like, I I paid my dues. I don't need to grind from 60 overall to 99. I can just I can just buy my VC and I'm good. And man, it has been such a time saver not to just just grind. Currently. But even then, you've played this much and you're still not as high as you can go. But that's oh, I'm, I'm my dude's a 99 overall. Like he he can't be better. The reputation of my player isn't as high as it could be. Like the 2K needs that that factor to make you want to keep playing. This year it was reputation. Last year it was to get to 99. So it, it's just so much. It, you know, 2K needs that carrot and stick of like, all right, go get it. Spend it a thousand hours. I feel so dirty playing it sometimes with the my player. I had a meeting with my Gatorade sponsor, and the guy was so. I mean, just so sleazy. I just wanted to like punch him in the face and be like, take your bullshit offer off the table. I mean, so bottom line, I play it because I love sports video games. Basketball is my favorite sport and NCAA football hasn't been out for like six years. So yeah, it's really 14 was the last one. But it's still scammy as fuck. So oh, that's absolutely, my two corner rant for absolutely. the podcast. Uh, I mean, th- like the people that act surprised over it being a scammy scam, yo, we know there's a whole damn game dedicated to it being a scam. It's called My Team. You buy cards, you buy packs of cards, and hoping to pull that that Galaxy Opal or that Pink Diamond. But you know you're putting twenty dollars of real money for a fake card. You know what I'm saying? Like we know it's a scam. The people that have played the game a lot. You know, they 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 know that this is a scam. They're not changing the odds for us. We're 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 either going to take this dub or take this L. But yeah, 2K is a scam. Absolutely. But speaking of 2K, we all have to get it this year because our guy, Damian Lillard, is gracing the cover. I think he might be the first athlete to grace NBA Live. He was the Live Mm -hmm. 15 athlete and now he's the 2k21 current gen console cover boy and i usually buy my game um through the playstation store um digital is just really easy but i'm definitely gonna have to get the physical copy to have that souvenir and sage i'm kind of wondering since the season is being prolonged the timeline has shifted what are like it to look at this through a 2k developer lens like they're not even going to have up to date rosters. Like so, when you start, like it's just going to be interesting how they're able to release a game because the rosters are going to be all messed up. I don't know if they're going to have the draft class in there. Yeah, what are they the going to do for the draft class? October. Um, it, it, a it's, lot of teams haven't released any of their jerseys yet because they're probably not even thinking about it or hmm. update the courts. Um, like the Blazers, for example, I don't know if they're going to keep that court. They're definitely going to change the center logo because it's not the 50th anniversary season. Um, the writing on the baselines is the original 70s font. That's probably going to get updated to the current font. 
So I assume they're going to have some sort of court overhaul. Uh, we haven't seen anything about that. No, they're not going to share any of that shit now. Um, no, but I'm saying I don't think the, the team is working on that right now because they're having to deal with, you know, budget cuts of themselves and preparing for uh, an odd season and everyone just working from home. And so I just feel like a lot of things that we usually see, I mean, they are already being delayed with the free agency, with the draft, um, summer league, um, ratings bumps. I know that I know they release rosters basically daily, but if you're like me and you start like a, a my a my league with you're, you're the GM, like you start with a roster and that's what you go with. So you don't really you don't get the benefit of having an updated roster daily because like once you pick a roster and like that's you're, yours. you're on your mm. that's yours. So you for me it puts me in a predicament. Like when do I when do I want to start that? Because I want to make sure I have the most up to date roster. Like what do the Blazers do in the draft? What do they do in free agency? Then I want to go. Mm-hmm. And it, it's tough for you because are you going to buy a PlayStation 5? I mean, those. So, one thing that I've learned with technology is never buy the first run. You're not going to be an early adapter, right? Well, usually there's always something wrong with the mm-hmm. first runs. They, yeah. they, they fix it. And two, I'm not about to camp out, especially not in this climate. And I really don't want to drop that kind of coin right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like going to be $500 for a digital edition PS5. I'm, I'm, the graphics look fine to me. I don't need them to go any faster. Like, at this point in video games, I, you're good. I am good. Like I don't play shooters. I, I don't play like a whole. I just play basketball games. And right now, they, they look fucking good to me. Like they're pretty realistic. Obviously, you know, I'll, I'll get it when it comes out. Like maybe a year after. Because what? I, well, if it's a year after, it doesn't matter. But for people that want to buy the Kobe edition, I bought the Kobe edition because I need. I, I want all the other benefits of having. I'm, addi- I'm addicted i'm you you know i just said how many hours i've dev- uh, devoted to the game i'm kind of dip- get your boy on the cover that's, I, digi- that's what- I, digi- I digitally bought it too like I, I want all the coins and i want like the vc and the my team points so i i knew i was gonna buy the uh i knew i was gonna buy the damn uh kobe edition it wasn't even that much of a discussion point for me it was just like okay this is what it is the kobe edition is if you buy it, you get to have uh, you have the edition for Xbox One or PS4, and then you get the uh, the edition free for the next gen consoles. If you buy the Dame edition now, you have to rebuy 2K for the next gen game. But as a diehard Blazer fan, I wouldn't buy the ex- the the new edition because it has Zion on the cover. Yeah. I'm all about Dame. Like that's my selling point. Like so, you can't you can't even buy Dame in 2020 on generation uh, PS5 generation. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, it's Zion. PS4. Yeah. So it it puts people in a weird predicament because if you're gonna if you're gonna update your new game, it makes sense for you to. Just be like, I'm going to, uh, I, I have to drop the Kobe. It's $20 cheaper if I buy Kobe now and if I'm going to buy an Xbox uh, f- uh, X. If I'm going to get a Series X, I'm going to have to buy the Kobe edition. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I have to do it. It saves me the most money and gets me the, the VC, the MT, and all that other stuff that I need for, for the game. And a lot of acronyms that are kind of going over my head and I'm just smiling. <laughs> not, But... I, I think with, you know, I've, I've played the game a lot. So the one thing that, like, there's so many things that 
we need to see some real improvements on for 2K, for 2K20, 21. Like, the, the servers are so bad. They're, they're, they're server farms in West, East, and East, right? If I wanted to play with someone in Florida, I'm going to have a significantly delayed gaming experience than the person in Florida. Because every shot I'm holding up my controller has like a window where it goes in automatically. It's called the green window. So every shot has a green window. Some of them are 600 tenths of a second and it goes in. But if you're playing with your friend in Florida, it's delayed. So you don't know when the proper time to release your shot is because it's delayed. But know how long you have to hold it to green your or perfect release your shot. So good servers are number one in my mind of what 2K needs to uh, improve on. I mean, the, the, the two second loading time is great. But if I can't green up from an open three because there's input lag because of the servers, there's going to be a problem with everything because people have been asking me, hey, do you want to run a 2K tournament? And I'm like, no, because it's going to be so bad unless it's a local tournament. You're not going to have a fair and balanced game when you're playing with people on the other side of the, the state, the country, anything. It's, it's a, that is, in my opinion, one of the biggest problems with 2K. Do you think Dame will get that Coverboy ratings boost? Uh, I, I, you know, it's weird because, you know, we're talking about 2K and in my team, he doesn't have a Galaxy Opal card yet, which is like the perfect card. It's like a 99 overall. All of his stats are like boosted to A pluses. He doesn't have that. Bull Bull has a Galaxy Opal card. Like there are players that are absolutely not deserving of that honor and Dame has yet to get it. So it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Because he's already having the best statistical career season of his career, mm-hmm. you would think he would. He's got to be the highest rated point guard. Steph's been out. I, I know it's video game ratings, ratings, but for me, it's got to be Dame. Um, I guess we'll see though. And that was our extended. This was uh, Sage talks about two K for quite a while segment. But yeah, yeah Sage new servers. Really in the zone. Um, I just <laughs> kind server. of. Uh, <laughs> you let me back and just let him i mean yeah but like come on the servers need to be faster do you think in the story arc of 2k will covid be a factor in it at all for the my player yeah for the my player experience oh, i hate the story arc I it's, hate it all. it's whack it's, it's all whack was yours china this year in 19 it was china okay yeah. I'm just like the low times, the cut scenes. Like I, I, I just want to play the games. Yeah. Give a couple answers in the press conference, boost mm-hmm. the fans, um, get as much, get, get as much virtual currency as I can. Like um, that, that's what I want. What, what I hate is you have to pay money for like every single thing. Like I just yeah. gave my guy compression shorts and tall socks and that costs money to do. I'm like, Oh yeah. It costs like 500 VC, bro. Like that's ridiculous, and so I'm just bring, I mean, bring back not, football, and, and I'll be fine. Like I, I mean, there's a better chance now than there was a few months ago of, you know, NCAA, you know, what twenty two coming out, and I heard in Madden you're gonna play college games, you're gonna play as the Ducks if you choose to go it's there or something. The same, it absolutely isn't. No, it isn't. But 
I mean, that talk about like a child teenage memory, just like oh, devoting like hundreds of hours trying to make that, like, the theme. summer releases, finding out what store had it, mm-hmm. going in there, and like so this, this was college, so there weren't no no names, like they had everything but the name. So like you'd either get online or get your preview magazine. And like me and my buddies would like take turns and going through schools and like actually manually put in the names for oh, child. They, they're, they're, there's an easier way to do it now, my man. Well, you not download a back in 2003. It's true. But I've yeah, known 14. Like, I'm older than you, Sage. So I, yeah, I know. I've got, I've got some years on you. Like I've technology wasn't our friend. In 14, now you can download roster classes. So people have been, I mean, it, it, those games are like $150 now. Like those are expensive tickets. And uh, now they're uh, like rebuild. People are rebuilding rosters so that you can download the active 2020 roster and you can play as that team. Like, and I know like people on Twitch are like doing those rebuilds and stuff. It's a, it's a very, that's a, that game I miss, but. I would do also want my college players to get paid for their likeness. Absolutely. Well, speaking of rosters, the Blazers had a minor nice one. roster addition. Thank you. Uh, obviously, we recorded last, and I think literally the, the day after we recorded, it was reported that Trevor Ariza, who was in a, a kind of a custody battle for his, his child, decided to take the month. Apparently he only had a month to spend with his child and he decided to take that month and spend it with a child rather than go to Orlando, which I applaud. Yeah. hundred percent. Basketball is not life. Family is life and you can't get those memories back. So Portland will be without an important cog of their rotation because almost all metrics show that lineups with Ariza in there are much more productive mm-hmm. with him than without him. And Portland will be without Trevor Reza. They used their open roster spot. They got a player from the G League, uh, Jalen Adams. Uh, Sage, tell us a little bit about him. So I actually watched some of his games. Uh, he He's a very confident shooter. The, number one, he's a confident shooter. I watched uh, a triple overtime game against the Cleveland affiliate G League team. And the, uh, the G League MVP... Uh, was out for that game. So he ran point and he can, he, he defends at a pretty high level. He can shoot at a very high level. I don't expect him to be a playmaker in the next level. He to me is kind of like, we're taking a chance on this player. Cause he's had, he's had some years in the league and proved himself. If he was in the draft this year, I th- he, he's solidly a first round pick. Like I see, guys from major schools that don't provide the value that Jalen provides uh, could provide us. So it's one of those, in my eyes, it's one of those, we're going to take a chance on a guy that is going to be very loyal to us after the year. And if he pops, he pops, but I don't expect him to be a lead guard. I expect him to be a off ball two that can defend maybe one or two positions and hit threes. And while I think the chances are slim of him becoming a legitimate rotational player in the NBA, it has happened before. Miami used... Um, Kendrick Nunn. 
additional roster spots last year when they're out of the playoffs. Yeah, they got Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson mm. out of the G League. And both of those players are major contributors and big reasons why they've kind of turned things around in in South Florida because they are a legit contender to come out of the East. Uh, and those are two players that really solidified themselves as solid role players and specialists mm-hmm. for, for that Heat roster. So there is a chance it could happen. But it would be it is interesting that they chose uh, a guard, a guard, especially mm-hmm. when Trevor Arizo and Rodney Hood are now not available for the Blazers. Uh, Dame was interviewed and basically says, you know, if he thinks it's going to be Dame or himself, CJ Mello at the three, Collins and Nurk starting. So I, again, I know we discussed this on the last podcast of who we thought would. Would start. We kind of thought it might be like a, a white side Collins four or five. Uh, we had a reason there, but again, we report we recorded before that news dropped. So, Sage, first, what do you think of Dame's proposed starting five? And if, if you were Terry, what would your starting five be? Man, it having Mellow at the three is just such a it's a scary proposition because he didn't have the foot speed to guard most fours. So you're going against the position that is probably the rarest in the NBA with, you know, these super freak athletes playing the three and we're having Mello, who's not the fleetest of foot trying to defend him. And older than me, he's one of the only Blazers Blazers who is older than me. Like, yeah, it's, I think that's an unfair proposition for Carmelo because he, he isn't the fleetest of foot. And, we could afford to put Mello on a team where the small forward isn't a big initiator of the offense. Like I'd be fine putting him in the corner and having him defend a, a three-point shooter, but we're playing against teams like the Lakers or the Bucks or all of these great teams that, that have jumbo ball handling players to put Mello in that position is tough. Obviously, defense is the the one thing that's going to stick out when when discussing Melo at the three. But I also think offensively, it's just as important. In the starting lineup, we don't need his offense. No, he should be on the bench as like a fucking usage rate monster. I would argue he's the fourth or fifth option in that starting lineup. And our bench scoring was a problem Mm -hmm. this, this year. So if you could bring him off the bench with a white side and maybe someone like Gary Trenner, Anthony Simons, like then you're starting to get a pop. Uh, yeah, because then me. they're spacing for Melo to do what Melo wants to do. Yeah, Melo needs the ball in his hands. He likes yeah, to he had like a 24 usage. Like he c- competed for usage with CJ and Hassan. He needs the ball in his hand. And, and in the lineup with Damon CJ, you're not going to get the and ball in your hands. You need somebody who can just catch and shoot. That's why Rodney Hood was so valuable for this this roster. But for the starting three, I would go with Nasir Little. I really liked what he brought to the table towards the the end of the the first part of the regular season. He was starting to get a, a he was really starting to get a strong you know rapport with Dame. I specifically remember the game in January against Utah. That's when Dame was basically in the middle of his his God mode run. And Dame is is such a a gravitational pull 
on, mm-hmm. on defenses. Everyone has eyes at some point on Lillard. And when he drove, drove hard, either right or left, whatever side of the floor that, that Little was on, Little was camped in the corner, but his defender would leave. Little would cut Dame through like three lobs. I mean, we don't, we're not a lob-throwing team, but Nasir gives us that threat. I thought his jump shot, specifically on the catch and shoot from three, looked a lot more com- uh, compact. Uh, it looked a lot s- just smoother and like he's done it a lot of times, like a great muscle memory there. I really like the improvement I'm seeing from him shooting the ball. He's always been a player who has given 110% effort, a hustle player, and he has the tools to be a really solid defender. He's exactly what you want in this for all of all of our options as the starting three it reminds me a lot of when Nicholas Batum was our starting three at like 18 or 19 years old for that 08 09 Blazer team that won 54 games. You don't need him to do a lot. He's going to know his role. And then, you know, things maybe aren't going the best. He doesn't have to be in the finishing five, mm. but he can really dedicate all of his energy to hustle and defense. And he gives us that athletic threat that, that really Carmelo doesn't. Um, I like Gary Trent off the bench. Again, I, I don't think the three is his primary spot. I think he's a two guard given his size. And that's who I would run with. Uh, I like Zach starting at the four. And, you know, I've, I've really liked what I've seen from Yusuf Nurkic in, in those, those workout videos. I know they're workout videos. Yeah, it, it's but, tough. But Buddy is hustling. He's doing around the world, around the perimeter, shooting a three, going back, coming to the further spot on the court. Uh, he looks slim. He looks lean. Uh, he looks – he just looks great. And I know he's chomping at the bit to get out there. And he he's our future. Mm-hmm. He is our future at the center position. Um, so I, if he's 100% healthy, I, I think it only makes sense. You know, whatever chemistry we had with Whiteside is probably gone because they, they haven't seen each other for four, four months. Four months, yeah. You might as well get the best talent out there and see what you can get. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if there if it was a regular regular season like COVID didn't happen, I think Gary Trent probably could start at the three. But since all of those cupcake teams are getting pushed out, it we kind of need a that guy that has a better chance at defending the LeBrons, the Giannis's, the those jumbo playmaking small forwards, those jumbo initiator guys like you you would feel bad about get putting gary trent on a lebron james if we needed to win this game nasir gives us the best chance athletically to stop lebron and that's such a that's a tough scenario to put an 18 19 year old player in but he has the body type to match up with those small forwards that would give gary trent trouble and i think gary trent will have a big part of the rotation especially when in those last five minutes he definitely could see some time. There's been a lot of talk in uh, Blazers Twitter about Yusuf Nurkic and Hassan Whiteside playing together for some stretches of the the, uh, the time on the court. What do you think about that? Because I have I have some opinions about that, and uh, but I'm curious about yours. So one, it's definitely matchup dependent. Uh, I don't think you could go against a team that likes to play small uh, like Houston. Yeah, you couldn't do that against Houston. Maybe you can in stretches, and and if your inside game wins out versus their – like if they're not hitting threes, then you're just going to pound them inside. Yeah, I mean, but if they're not hitting threes, we're going to win regardless. 
Exactly. So you could take a chance. I think you try it in small doses. It's something that doesn't really, I think, get a, a long lifespan. What I mean is I don't think you just continue to run it out. And if you're getting, you know, just, just destroyed, you've got to kind of pull, pull the plug on that experiment pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it can work. And I know it's not the first time they thought about it. I remember a quote from Neil O'Shea saying like they were going to go bully ball. Like that was what they wanted to do this year once Nurk got healthy and with him slimmed down, there's a chance. Um, what were we absolutely terrible at this year Order. aside from defense rebounding and second chance opportunities? We just have not been elite at that. I remember we both called out watching games. Nobody would go after the ball. It was just us on Nurk gives us another big threat down there. Um, I don't think spacing will be an issue. Hassan can shoot the outside jump shot. Nurkic has shown the range as well. Nurkic is a great back-to-the-basket player. Hassan can rim run. Um, it's not traditional NBA where just they're both on each side of the block and you dump it down there. There's going to be a lot of movement. Um, honestly, Sage, with how weird this season has been, um, my Getting first reaction competent players on the court at the same time as big yeah, seems like my first great. reaction was like, Oh God, this sounds like a terrible idea. But the more I think about it, I, I'm just almost like, why not? Like, just, just give it a shot. Like these eight games plus three scrimmages really need to be viewed as a, a trial for next season, because I do think next season might be the last that this, this core. core can, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I know Damon and CJ are under contract for a while, but you know, we need to see like, can Nurk stay healthy? Like how good is he? Like he's a player that has all of the talent in the world, but either he's a not healthy or B sometimes inconsistent. And for the Blazers to be a championship contending team, we need five by five Nurk. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a lot of pressure to put on a, a player, but if you want to be a part of a big three and you know, you need to be a legit all-star candidate. Like we can't just get, stretches of of two weeks of amazing play that's how it's got to be all year round portland Mm -hmm. needs to take another deeper look at their young talent because dame's turning 30 in about 10 days 30 is a big deal but by now drexler had already led the blazers to the finals um walton had already won a championship and and i'm not putting it all on dame because he has not had the roster that the other two had Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the clock is ticking. And I do I do think Dame can play well into his 30s, but prime Dame is what we need to lead us to a title. And at a certain point, we have to say, we need to get every ounce of this roster out in return so Dame has the best possible pieces around him. And if that means going a little more vet heavy and sell on the farm, you have to do that because Dame is a once-in-a-generation type of talent that the Blazers have had. So I, I think with that, I think defensively it will work if Nurkic has the has the ability to turn his hips and play defense. I think putting Hassan in any other position position besides defending the five would be reckless. So if Nurk can if Nurk can physically guard the four, great. What I'm worried about offensively is spacing because if they don't respect Yusuf's three. Our entire offense is going to look like it did with Kent Bazemore. If you if other teams don't respect Yusuf from the three to pull, it's going to look like an absolute disaster because you can cheat off Yusuf if you don't trust him and put that defender 
closer to the paint. So if any dribble penetration happens, it's an automatic double team. And if they don't respect that three, it's going to look bad. So if Yusuf can prove to other defenses that he can hit, it could work in small dosages. But if he is off that day, we have to pull the plug pretty quick just because we're going to get destroyed offensively. Yeah, it's really interesting. I've been watching a lot of 90s, early 90s Blazer basketball, and the best shot was an inside shot. Like you didn't shoot a ton of threes. And I know the same defensive principles weren't, it basically wasn't apples to apples. You couldn't play a zone defense mm-hmm. in, in, in 1990. But the premise of the offense, what, what could still be the same. And what I mean by that is they were relentless in attacking the basket. Like Buck Williams wasn't really an outside threat. Um, Buck could spread the floor a little though. A little. Drexler, that's where teams primarily wanted him to shoot was outside. But they just used their length and athleticism and they just kind of went to the basket and they got a lot of offensive rebounds and they just, I mean, we said bully balled. So Portland might kind of flip the script and just be like, we're going to go Russell Westbrook style and just go to the bucket. We got two of the best rebounders in the game. We think maybe our best offense sometimes is just going to be to dominate your ass on the glass. I mean, um, it, it, it all depends on game flow. I mean, we, can, we, can, we can talk I mean, all this shit, but if they're not respecting us and you're expecting Dame to drive into three people, it's not a good, it's not a good scenario for us to really get as busy as we can. Especially if we're all in saying like if it's a smaller team, like you can still collapse the defense and just you know how you played when it was uh elementary school or middle school, you, you played against a team with just two bigger players, just throw the ball up. Like against that's what I'm talking about against Houston. Yes, they would get open looks, but in the other end of the floor, if you made a conscious effort to just get the ball inside, just turn like your will against 50s defenses. I mean, that's there there is merit to that. Again, absolutely, absolutely. There's, there's be merit. a lot of back and forth because basically, like, what's your strength versus what's our what's our strength, and one of them is gonna gonna win out. I mean, the tide could turn on a missed shot. Because mm-hmm. both defenses are struggling. And again, I don't think we're advocating for this to be a full 48-minute offense. No, it has to be in spurts. You have yeah. to use almost like a hack-a-check, mm-hmm. like just to throw off the game flow. Maybe if you're a little bit outmanned, you're looking to change up the momentum. Um, during this quarantine, game one of the 2014 playoffs against Houston was shown. We were down like 13 points in Houston in the fourth quarter. Terry went to the hack howard and it threw off the game flow. It can mm-hmm. completely killed their momentum. And we were able to seize that momentum and, and surge our way to stealing home court advantage. So it could be something like that because what's great about this is there's, there hasn't been any scouting for this either. Mm. And in eight games, I, I know they won't break this out during the scrimmage. I don't know why you would. You wouldn't want to tip your hand. In eight games? Yeah, it may not like win you a playoff series, but the Blazers, the goal is just to get to the playoffs. So it's to get to the within four games. You know, what do they usually say when a you know an unknown player comes on on Man of Mystery out of nowhere? Give them a week or two before defenses mm-hmm. figure it out. Well, teams aren't gonna have a week or two. They're gonna be preparing for that next opponent. Like it's these are uncharted territories that we are in right now, and every the, the, everything is basically upside down which is why I think it has a chance to work. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't, but if it does work, 
I honestly wouldn't be surprised either. It's just one of those right now you kind of have to throw shit at the wall and see what and sticks. See if it sticks. Yeah. We are four games back with with eight to go and we have to finish in ninth and we have to finish within four games. And Sage, the schedule makers gave the Blazers basically a death schedule. Let's let's pull it up because the Nets game got a lot easier, I will say. The Nets game got easier, but what hurts Portland the most is they had a cupcake schedule to end the season, and they also had the Grizzlies twice. And then the Grizzlies had a fucking murderer's row of a schedule. So Portland plays from July 31st through August 13th, basically 13 days, maybe two weeks. Yeah, two weeks, excuse me. And they have to play eight games. They play Memphis, Boston, Houston, Denver, the Clippers, Philadelphia, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Brooklyn Nets. Now, on paper, those are all extremely difficult teams. Now, we don't know really how each team is going to play it, if they have a seed already in in place. Are they going to use that game to essentially practice because this isn't like the regular regular season where if you have a seed already sewn up you're not just going to rest players if you look at a team like like dallas they're probably locked into that seventh seed mm-hmm. they're trying to get luca back into shape they're trying to get that that duo between luca and porzingis you got seth curry maybe starting and you know okay you've got dwight powell like we got to get that the boys back all gelled mm-hmm. you gotta get that team chemistry that's completely gone. Every team is starting from scratch. Um, who knows also at this point what what the health situation looks like, as fucked up as that is to say. I mean, in this in this uh new world that we're living in, I've been gambling on NASCAR every every chance we can, with every race that there is. There's guys that are mainstays in nascar racing that have been really shitty like there's people that you kurt have you ever heard of kurt bush yes he's playing awful because there's zero practice time or he's driving awful because there's zero (laughs) practice zero practice time so practice like the lack of practice if it affect it, it could negatively affect certain teams that don't have that cohesiveness of playing together for multiple years. So there's a chance teams like Houston, us, unfortunately might be taking that step back because, you know, we haven't been so new to each other. I mean, the, I mean we talked about it uh, like five podcasts ago, the Clippers have played like 300 minutes together. So there's teams that could potentially take that negative regression of not seeing each other, of not talking, of not building so this is the schedule that's put in front of us. We have to compete in it. And if everybody's goal is to make it to that playoffs, fuck it, bring it on. We're going we're gonna to take it. And I would say for Portland, I mean, as sad as it is, if they lose to Memphis, that's a, that's a wrap. That's a, that's a huge L. That's, that's going to be tough. Given how easy the New Orleans Pelicans schedule is, Portland – realistically i think has to go six and two with one of those six wins coming against memphis Memphis. for them to to have a shot so that's it i think the odds are are stacked against them getting that that eighth seed but 
it, it will definitely be interesting. We talked about it on the last podcast. This is going to be basically like AAU. Um, they're going to be playing, you know, summer pickups. There's going to be no fans. There's going to be no travel. There's going to be really no outside traditional distractions aside. Obviously, you know, we're, yes, the coronavirus is everywhere. So we're kind of trying to think of other things that, that don't pertain to that. So you're not getting tickets for your family to come to the game. Let's say we were having to play the Warriors in the playoffs. That's Dame going back home. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to worry about that. I mean, so there's just, it's, it's such a different environment. Like how do you stay mentally locked in? And Portland's lucky. I think we have one of the five best players pure talent wise in the league in Damian Lillard, you factor in his mental and his leadership and all the intangibles. There may not be uh, a better option outside of maybe LeBron or Giannis. And that's a really special player to have if you're the trailblazers and it gives us uh, a leg up. So if anybody can lead us, I think it's Dame. I, I think Portland has to come out of the gates that they have to beat Memphis for them to have a shot. We do get three scrimmages. There has been no television announcement as of yet, but I would be very surprised if they don't. Again, that's easy money for the NBA, which is exactly why they're doing this. That is the, that, yeah, it's, This is why they're doing this, is to make that revenue, man. The three preseason games are Indiana on July 23rd, Toronto on July 26th, and Oklahoma City on July 28th. So it'll be interesting to see how the Blazers look, how they approach it. Um, you would imagine that they're vanilla as hell, though, in those three pre- preseason games. I think they use this opportunity to really get whatever chemistry they can <laughs> with Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins. And Hassan, it's the, it, in theory, too, those three. Yes, but again, like we talked about before, I don't know if I run the, the Nurk Hassan. I, I save that for a special occasion. Like maybe you're trying to protect the lead or you're trying to come back or trying to catch a team off guard or we need a board real bad. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't tip my hand. Like I, I look at these three games as the equivalent of a college football non-conference schedule. When, you know, some teams play those, those cupcakes before they get into LSU you know, plays FCS school before Bama. Yeah. You don't want, you know, open your playbook and show your best trick plays. Cause then, you know, all the other coaches are out there watching you. You yeah. want to keep it vanilla. You want to just, you know, get in there, get out, no injuries. Just a four-out offense of passing and then... Get a good sweat. I mean, that's really all you want to get. Get some familiarity with one another. So it'll be interesting. Um, DeMar DeRozan was interviewed and was basically just like overwhelmed at at all of the the guidelines that these players have to go through. And after reading some of them, I have to say I completely agree with him. I mean, some of the the ways... So the NBA is getting quote-unquote praised by outside... Um, health organizations for how they're trying to to handle this bubble and keeping everyone safe. And the problem with that is that's all on paper. And you know we're we're human beings. We're we're not robots. We're we're not going to follow everything by by code. And you know some of the things they're having them do. Okay, you can go out there and you can play five on five basketball and basically you know take an elbow in the face and get sweated on. But no, you can't play doubles ping pong. And after you play the deck of cards, you have to throw that deck of cards away. That, 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 those aren't logical things that are adding up in my mind, but that make a whole lot of sense. And you're giving these players a hundred page manual. They're already having to leave their families 
to go to uh, Disney World and try to resume competitive basketball at the highest level. Um, they're going to be basically quarantined off from the outside world. Um, it, it just feels overkill. And I, I know the NBA is doing it for liability, additional liability, probably PR for, for if anything, but they got all the good press for being, we're, we're going to be careful with our athletes and our, you know, most precious commodity is our players. So we have to be as careful with them as humanly possible. So I don't really know how, how that's going to go. Dame was the interviewed again saying, you know, he has concerns that players are going to follow the guidelines and, you know, stay inside the bubble and he's going to play PS4 and chill. Yeah. You know, I have no doubts that that Dame is going to be all right. And, but you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot to ask. And it seems like every day I get a new notification from Woj that oh, this practice facility is being closed down. Other players have being, you know, tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, Jokic tested positive for the coronavirus and, you know, he hasn't flown back to Denver yet. Um, you see that Pascal Siakam and uh, Chris Middleton said they haven't picked up a ball in four months. And I completely believe that. I mean, yeah. exactly. You know, Dame's probably got off a couple of shots. So it's what about dudes that live in apartments? Like they can't yeah, shoot. Exactly. Like a lot of these guys are just, you know, renting spaces in, in their home cities. Um, you know, because the NBA is a business and they get traded quite a bit. So you don't want to, you know, not everyone has the money to go buy, you know, a huge house to to have their own basketball court in and you know, get the loyalty and security from their the organization that, yeah, you're going to be around here for quite some time. Uh, a lot of players play for multiple teams throughout their careers. Uh, but what really... Or years, multiple teams in a year, like yeah. Anthony Dolliver. What really kind of upsets me is this idea of the second bubble city in Chicago for the eight teams that aren't fine for a championship. Um, that to me seems uh, uh, completely unnecessary. I don't know what problem they're trying to solve there. Um, just having guys play scrimmages and pickup games and again, taking them from their families with no incentive of, of playing for a championship. I, nobody's going to watch lottery teams play. Like if you're the Warriors, you're not going to send Steph and Clay. Yeah, absolutely no. not. You're not sending. You're sending Eric Pascal and fucking Jordan Poole, I guess. But you're not sending yeah, Steph. You are like if if I was an owner of that that team, I'd be like, wait, wait, what are we doing? Like, this this doesn't make sense. So I completely disagree with their decision to have that that second bubble. Um, this original bubble is already kind of like we discussed last episode. It's, it's a very complex issue. Basically, I just support the players if they want to play. I'm supporting them. If they want to stay home, I stand with them as well. Um, It's just a a very interesting time, weird time. There's no really word to describe what era we're we're living in 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 terms of life. You got anything else you want to say, or should we get into the some of the questions people have asked us? I mean, I think we we really got. Dove into everything. Um, it Biggie, is going to be interesting uh, to see how the NBA either filters in crowd noise or has music playing because, you know, Zach Collins was like, you know, basically in so many words, I, I talk a lot of shit 
my mouth is vulgar. I'm going to keep doing me. So if that's going to get picked up or not, like, I, I mean, players got to play how they play. Yeah. You think Draymond's um, going to keep it PG? Well, Draymond's not playing. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> Other no. shit talking player that I can think shit. of. I mean, that's just part of, part of making it to the league. Like some people motivate through talking. Some people motivate through just, you know, putting their head down and getting it done. Like, there's no really right or wrong. I mean, Kevin Garnett was one of the most notorious trash talkers. Like he would do it to psych himself up. Jordan, we all saw that on the last dance, mm-hmm. would make up things that people said to him and then go after and, and tell him about it. So um, it'll be interesting to see how how they they manage that. But um, I guess, do we have any questions about Kevin Calabro? Because if not, we should probably discuss that. Oh, we should that. probably talk about that, yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, Bob Deeger asked about uh, Caleb Swanigan choosing to opt out of Orlando. What are our thoughts on that? And mine are kind of, he. Ha- I support whatever he feels is best for him. If he feels like he can get a better contract by sitting out, all for him. I, every player has to make that decision for themselves. So if he decides it's not best for him to participate, uh, I rock with what what his decision is. Yeah, basically, you know, echo those the same sentiments. You know, hope he can just uh, get get that second contract. Um, yeah, I, don't I hope he finds peace within himself because he's a good dude. Like he he did a lot of good work with the homeless in Portland. Always, you know, putting out messages that you know looking to, to feed the homeless and you know take care of them. So he's a really kind spirit. Um, I don't think. He's going to get another contract with the Blazers. Uh, we didn't pick up his option when we shipped him off to Sacramento. So, you know, I hope he sticks around in the league. But if not, you know, like I said, I just hope he finds happiness. Yeah. I mean, that's basically the main goal is to find happiness within yourself, whether it's playing ball or help helping people be a social justice. Like, I hope he does find his, his uh, way in life and, uh, but yeah, Kevin Calabro, I totally forgot about our announcer. Jordan Kent will be calling the games with Lamar Hurd for the re- the, en- the extended regular season. I don't think a permanent announcement has been made for who's going to work with Lamar Hurd. But, uh, you know, Calabro has a fantastic voice. I, I think he's meant for radio. Um, and he never really was, and this is no knock on him, but he, he wasn't... Uh, a trailblazer. He wasn't a Portland guy. Um, he came from the Sonics. Uh, that's where he grew up. That's where we knew him from, you know, calling games in Seattle. And I just never felt like he, he didn't vibe with us. Yeah. I just didn't feel like he got excited. Like some toward it, I think me a little bit last year. And then sometimes this year, like I started to sense there was a little bit more, comfortability calling trailblazer games and I could see him getting maybe a little bit more attached and getting excited. But through the first two and a half, three years, like I just didn't sense it. And, you know, I think he's a fabulous announcer, but for me personally, as a trailblazer fan, if I'm watching a trailblazer broadcast, you know, I, I want an announcer that that's going to be a, a little bit of a homer, like show mm-hmm. a little bit of favoritism, like get excited and just go, those are the calls that we all remember. And, you know, I really enjoyed Mike and Mike and, you know, for all of the, the things I hear about Mike Rice, about how he, you know, couldn't remember certain things. 
Kevin Colabro got Damon ZJ mixed up quite a bit. Um, so, I mean, he is getting up there in age. And so I, I hope he just gets to, re- he's able to retire and, you know, spend time with his family. Like we, we all aspire to do. Um, I thought Colabro, he did an admirable job. Um, he was a broadcast like, professional. Yeah. He was a, a professional broadcaster, but I just, I never felt that connection to him as our broadcaster. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, like there are some broadcasters in the NBA where it's like, okay, he's a professional, great broadcaster. He also really likes the team that he's broadcasting for. Like Joel Myers is a professional, great broadcaster. He also really likes New Orleans. We didn't really get that part, that part two of the him being a, a, a commentator, a broadcaster. You know, he liked the team, but he didn't love it. Mm-hmm. But I also like the same thing to him as we said to Caleb. I hope he finds his happiness. He's worked a fantastic career and salute to him for, you know, providing the commentary for the last few years for Blazers fans. Absolutely. If you were a betting man, do the Blazers play eight games, nine games? Or more. Whew. I mean, you're basically playing roulette at this point. 50-50. I, I could be persuaded to go either way. Given how easy New Orleans, their, their schedule is, how difficult ours is, incorporating so much, we're basically going to incorporate, you know, two to three new starters, potentially. Yes, I, I love that we have Dame. I think the only reason we have a shot is because we have Dame. <sighs> I'd love to be wrong, but I, I think we just play the eight. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, and, and Portland just dug themselves uh, too deep of a hole. And this is even before Rodney Hood went down. Like there were games where we just dropped them in November. We, Anthony Simons hit a go ahead three on 70s night against the Sixers. What did we do on the final position? We left uh, Furkan Korkmaz wide open in the corner to, to hit a game-winning three. We went down to the Bay Area. We went down to the Bay Area to play a team that didn't have Steph, Clay, or Dre, and not even D'Angelo. And, and we just got absolutely clocked by rookie Warriors. And there were too many of those games early in the season that just that put us in too deep of a hole. Like Dame tried to dig us out with his you know, superhuman efforts over that, that 10 game stretch. But there, there's just a lot of ground. And then you factor in all of the injuries and all of the new players we had to incorporate into the starting lineups. That's just a lot of ground to make up. Um, and then not getting reinforcements for the injuries. Absolutely. You know, those like reinforce- everybody's to blame for this. It's <clears throat> Stott's, it's a Neil O'Shea not bringing in reinforcements, especially tall reinforcements, and us playing an outrageously small lineup in a game where, you know, we aren't rebounding it well anyways. Like, there's a lot of blame to be shared around everybody for their mistakes this year and how we dug ourselves a hole that's going to take a Herculean effort for us to get out of. But we got a, we got a player that, absolutely could get us eight games of brilliance and then you know who knows what do you think i i i agree that it's probably eight but 
it wouldn't surprise me if we got it. I I just would put safer money on them being the tenth seed. Yeah, my money is on New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, they got, they got lucky, but they did. I mean, that that is a, a very easy schedule. Um, they still have to win those games, though. Like everybody has to to win. They New do. Orleans has had a, a a pretty bad history of losing a winnable fucking games. <laughs> so it it you know every everybody is given this schedule and we have to work with it. We got a guy that's one of the most valuable players for his leadership and his skill level. There is absolutely positively a chance he goes absolutely crazy and gets us gets us into the playoffs and then bro once you're there anything can happen in a in a world that's so question mark heavy yep we're betting money you know in that that scenario so it's tough like i i definitely think new orleans has the better chance do we have any other fan questions some of them some people are asking if we actually see a season. So do you want to answer that? What are the percentage chance that we see this whole thing through? That's, that's a great question. Something I was going to, uh, and that's a question from NK. Whoa. That is a a really good question because, you know, as we mentioned throughout this podcast about getting a a new notification from Woj basically every day about, about a case, um, you know, on July 5th right now, I, I say there's, there's a, probably a 90% chance that the season happens. I think the NBA is a hundred percent all in on making it happen. Those sentiments were only reinforced about hearing the, the second bubble that they're trying to complete in Chicago, which I completely disagree with. But at this point in time, they seem hell bent on playing a season. So uh, unless a lot of testing, you know, really comes to life, and it gets to a point where they're just like, this doesn't make sense. Um, I, I think that's what it's going to take. Like, I, I know they're aware that like positive tests are going to come up throughout this, this bubble. Um, I'm, I'd be interested to see how they, 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 they've never really discussed how they plan on addressing it, just that they have a plan in place. So I'm pretty, I guess, intrigued, but also concerned about what that, what that looks like. Um, you know, th- this isn't just like the flu. This isn't something that goes away in heat. Um, this is some serious shit. So it's, it, I, I definitely feel guilty for, for wanting to watch it, but at the same time, like I said, you know, if the players want to play, I'm going to support them because Dame's already said like they're they're going to use it as a social justice platform, um, and we discussed on last week's episode the benefits of having an active voice, you know, on ESPN where quote unquote all lives matter folk are, are watching. Like they may not be on our timeline, they may not even follow some of these athletes, but they're, they're tuning in to to they follow ESPN that they watch Sports Center, they watch Bleacher Report or they, you know, they follow Bleacher Report and all of those. And so I do think there, there can be some good that the players can, can get out of this. But again, it's just, it's such a, I feel so conflicted. I don't know about you. Yeah, I I definitely do. 
Uh, I'm very curious to see if there's any positive text tech. Oh, positive tests resulting from the uh, basketball tournament in Ohio right now. Cause there's a, like a group of 10 teams competing for a million dollars currently right now. I think it's day three of this tournament or yeah. When you're hearing this, it'll be day three of this tournament. So I'm very curious to see the results from this very small sample size of, you know, 10 teams playing and seeing what the after effects are as far as every player's health. So that could be a very interesting, uh, you know, little test for what the NBA is trying to pull right now with, with, with this extended season and then playoffs. But I think once it gets going, it's going to take something humongous to stop it. So with all of this, all of this snow getting pushed up, once it gets to that apex of it actually starting, I don't think it's going to, it's not stopping for, for damn near anything. No, that's what, that's what scares me too, is lives need to be made a priority, not money, not ratings, not revenue, not championships. Like at any point, if the players are like, no, the NBA better listen. I mean, it's, it's just like, we're 25 days away. Like I'm equal parts, excited, intrigued, worried, terrified. I just, I'm a, I'm a roller coaster of emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does. It's something that nobody ha- is, is really prepared for right now. Like no one knows what's really going to happen. So, you know, but I, I really do think that it's going to take something humongous for it to stop. Cause once this machine starts rolling, it's, it's going to be rolling. Is there any other Blazers news that do you think we sign a small forward with the uh, Caleb Swanigan open roster spot? Or do we utilize this open roster spot in any form? I mean, you would think so. Oh, I mean, if anything, you'd also think that we'd have multiple bigs in a, in a season that we're playing for the playoffs. I mean, again, again, as like messed up as it sounds like, what if one of our players tests positive, then they're going to have to be quarantined and you're going to have to have an extra body to come in and either play or practice. So, I mean, that just sounds so morbid to even discuss, but you would think you would want the more, more bodies, Mm -hmm. more healthy bodies as possible. Um, you know, the, as much talent as possible size, you know, we need defense. So whatever's out there, maybe take a, take a flyer on somebody. You, you never know what, what can stick. I mean, it's eight games. We've seen yep. players get fucking hot in eight games. Players have made like Bismack Biombo got paid because he had some wonderful games with Toronto. He's getting like 16 mil per still. Like there's if you step up in this weird ass time, you could you could potentially get paid off this. Like everybody's gonna be watching. If you if Jordan Crawford is the missing piece for eight games, then voila, instant grits gets another contract. Is that his nickname? Yeah, it's his nickname. And that and he isn't in the TBT tournament. I I remember seeing him in the it's crazy. I'm seeing Euroleague games like Balmaro, uh, a first round a future pick is playing. And like there are basketball games on. It's just 
at the level that the NBA is planning, we haven't, we're, we're not prepared for it. But to see Euro te- like uh, Euro teams play and this throwback or this TBT tournament, like there is basketball, but at the scale that NBA is planning, holy shit! All right, my man. Uh, any last words? Um, I'm organizing the the Medford Multicultural Fair. There's going to be a lot more information about the fair coming out in the next few weeks because I'm writing it, so I know the schedule, but. If you want to be involved in a day that is dedicated to expressing and celebrating other people and their their culture, September 26th, we will have the live stream from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Medford Multicultural's Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And uh, if you listen this far, you're a real one. We are available on iTunes, Google Play. Stitcher, Himalaya Podcast, Nothing But Net Radio, Dash Radio, Tuesdays, 2, 2, 3, Pacific, Eastern, 4, 2, 5. Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shinley. Good night, everybody. Let's go!